When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Malika Andrews, host of NBA Today, and the clock, it is ticking down to the trade deadline. They are open for business. They put all of their chips in the middle of the table. This is a win the title trade. We'll have you covered from coast to coast with four hours of all the league shifting trades. Don't miss NBA Today's trade deadline special tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. That should be fun. So much going on. Trade deadline, Super Bowl, and a whole lot more. We are live on Get Up Another Hour here from the Seaport, brought to you by Grey Goose. Jeff and I may make up at some point during this. <laughs> Not going to happen. Our oh. relationship <laughs> hanging by a thread. Over a glass of Grey Goose. Uh, perhaps. <laughs> That's get a shot of that. We'll see. Swagoo with us as well. Let's count it down to Super Bowl 58. Let's play a game of Super Bowl predictions. Swagoo. Give me a Super Bowl prediction, something that would bowl everybody over what's going to happen. Man, I'm going to go with Debo Samuel throwing a Ooh. touchdown in Love this it. game. We know that that Chiefs secondary is super aggressive coming up when when uh, wide receivers in. There's these tunnel screens and these reverses. They may, they may try to use that aggressiveness against Steve Spagnuolo in this defense and let Debo air one out. You got to get creative. I don't know what the hell you're going to keep in the tool in the toolbox for. Let it loose, Kyle Shanahan, and go for some fireworks. I love it. Jeff, give me a crazy prediction. Well, McCaffrey's going to break the record for most receiving yards. James White, Patriots. Huh. I think he's going to get it. Well over 100 yards. This is a McCaffrey game. I don't care if you're handing it to him, throwing it to him. He is the best player on the field when that offense and that defense on the field. You have got to get him involved. Find a way. How about some receiving yards? I would like that. I love it. Look, I think I'm going to have a seeing green boost on him on ESPN bet yes. for his total yards. I think he's going to have a very big day. Mike T, give me a, a prediction that will bowl people over. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to average 6.5 yards per carry. Green, we saw the answer last week. David Montgomery averaged 6.3 on 15 carries. Himself, Andy Reid with that offensive line background, he's going to go wide on these guys, pin and pulls, and that's something San Francisco saw coming and still couldn't stop it. Absolutely. The Lions stopped themselves. Amen. The, the reality is the two teams that are in this Super Bowl both got here in part because the teams they were playing against just stopped running the ball yep. in the second halves of their games. For no reason. I've been trying to show y'all all year. Gotta run the ball. Gotta run the ball. Y'all make fun of me. Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> now we're here going. <laughs> That's what this game is going to be about. Thank but at you. the end They'll of the never day. Never learn. Never we learn. Never learn. We can X and O this thing to death. And we will, obviously. We still have four or five days to do that. But I want to show you something here, okay? Because we can talk about Patrick Mahomes and the company that he keeps. This is not about Tom Brady or being the GOAT. I just want to show you some names. Patrick Mahomes, if he wins on Sunday, will join this list. These are the players who, in their first seven seasons, won three championships and two MVPs. You will notice the letters NFL are not on the right side of that screen. So no football player has ever done it. The NBA players who've done it are Larry Bird and Bill Russell. The baseball players are Mickey Mantle, Stan Musial, and Joe DiMaggio. And the only hockey player to do it is Guy Lafleur. 
It's not Wayne Gretzky. It's not Bobby Orr. It's not uh, Gordie Howe. It's not Mario Lemieux. You're, you're talking about the rarest of the rarefied air of players to start their careers. So when you hear people talk about, oh, is Patrick Mahomes of the GOAT conversation? Of course he's not. Tom Brady played until he was 45 years old. Right. Patrick Mahomes is 28. But what he will be is on the kind of trajectory that no football player has ever been on before and in company with people like Joe DiMaggio and Bill Russell. Yeah, this is probably the most impressive thing I've seen when you try to you try to evaluate Patrick Mahomes' career, right? Guy's been in six AFC Championship games in six starting years, all this. And then you look at this and go, nobody in our game has ever done this. And to your point, we talk about the Tom Brady greatest of all time. It's a longevity award, right? If you only play something, you're not going to get that. It's, it's irrelevant because what he could put himself into is the inner halls of the Hall of Fame, right? Like like there's a special room for the for the Larry Allens of the world. Matt Mahomes goes in there for me, right? Is, is the, you, this, this, this is a no-brainer, no doubt. He's done something that nobody – and here's the deal. It gets contextualized by – every other sport because no one in our game has even, has done it. So it's, it's, it's you can only put it in reference to other sports and other players who are the greatest names that everybody knows no matter what you've done. Hey guys, you know what's scary? It's only going to get better. They are over the hump as an organization. They are really young on defense and yeah, they're going to have to add a couple skill players and obviously Travis Kelsey is much closer to the end of the beginning, but they're over the hump. They lost the best receiver in football, and they're only, what, won the Super Bowl, beat Baltimore on the road, beat Buffalo on the road, and could win another one. So to me, what's stunning about this discussion is the best is yet to come in all likelihood. Marcus. Hmm. I, listen, it, it, that, that, first of all, is mind-boggling. Yeah. The fact that you put that list up, and he's teetering on that. And would be the first in the NFL. And I'll say this, um, and, and you said it a, a, a week ago or two, G, he is the best quarterback I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the guy that I think, and, and here's how I contextualize it when it comes to Patrick Mahomes, right? We have, we've had this conversation all season long about what, what impact does Brock Purdy have? What impact when Dak Prescott was a rookie did he have on that team that was truly led by his offensive line and Zeke Elliott. What impact does Tua really have with a Tyreek Hill and obviously the offensive weapons around him? There's always these questions about um, who is it, right? Like, is is this quarterback benefiting from the things that are around him? We saw Tom Brady go to Tampa to a team that was just a Tom Brady away from reaching the potential that everybody thought they had. So it was clear that it was Tom Brady that was the difference and the catalyst. But even in Tom Brady's career, early in New England, we talked about how great those defenses was. Mm. Vinatieri hitting game-winning kicks. We knew he was clutch late in games. There has never been a question in Kansas City who the hell this is about. Take this into context. Before Patrick Mahomes showed up, and we could talk about what the Chiefs had on their roster, and Alex Smith was there, who I think was a really good quarterback in this league when he was there. He had Donovan McNabb and Terrell Owens in uh, Philadelphia, Andy Reid had never won a Super Bowl. Andy Reid was known as a as a coach that gets into the playoffs and actually doesn't have success. And there was a narrative being created about who he was in the playoffs until 15 showed up. He's impacted not only solidifying the fact that a head coach that we all thought was really good 
and a very high-level coach to being a no-brainer Hall of Famer now. Yeah. And maybe at the end, if he stays long enough, Andy Reid will be in the upper echelon of best coaches ever when yeah. we start talking about it. But that's because 15 showed up. We think about Kansas City and the success that this franchise and organization had before Patrimon. I, don't, I want to remind people, the Chiefs were good for a long time. <laughs> they were a good football team. They had made playoff appearances. They were a team that was always on the cusp of being, what are they? Are they going to be really good? They were trying to find quarterbacks. Alex Smith was the change in that. And then Patrick Mahomes showed up. And then we talked about it. Well, is it Tyreek? He obviously is playing with one of the greatest, if not the greatest tight ends to ever play. So you could put that stamp and say, well, he had Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Well, Tyreek left. And then Travis Kelsey wasn't the same Travis Kelsey this year that we've seen him be in the past years. And the one constant has been 15. And this team has no – look, listen, Jeff, you can attest to this. The Kansas City Chiefs have no business being in the Super Bowl based on how we watched them play football this year. Outside of the fact, and I got to get that defense credit, but we know defenses ain't winning championships in the NFL no more. The Kansas City Chiefs have 15, and that is why. Let's go back. Jeff, I'm going to give it to you. Who was the better team in the Super Bowl last year against the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs? And why did we say that the Chiefs would win? His impact has been more than any quarterback I've ever seen. There, there is no doubt, and I, I think the one thing that goes, uh, you know, we, we never or we don't talk about enough is what type of teammate he really is. When, when we all bashed yeah. the receivers at the beginning of this season, the middle of the season, and the end of the season about drops, inconsistent routes, all the different things, that dude never turned on his teammate. All he did is look inward and go, hey, the, he overthrows MVS in the end zone. It hits his fingers. Should be a catch. It's not a catch. He doesn't say, hey, he's got to catch that. He goes, you know what? I should have taken a little bit off. And what does he do in the AFC Championship game? He takes a yard off of it. Hits him dead in the middle of freaking – I mean, and, and it's, it's that type yeah. of guy that everybody wants to show up and play with. It's that kind of guy that takes players – to a different level, and it's just, I mean, it's super impressive. Greeny, what's interesting is Jeff went to his intangibles. Let's go back to the tangibles for a minute, and he said something really, to me, very insightful. He said, you know, I went back and studied Tom, meaning Brady, talking about how they would win playoff games with checkdowns. In his last five games, he has no turnovers, and these are the best defensive coordinators on the planet that are up 24 hours a day just trying to bait him into one mistake. Yep. He's playing the position as good as you possibly can play it. There's no. something else that I think should be said, and I bring this up regularly when we have these kinds of conversations. Nothing makes me crazier than when people point to a perfect record in championships. So Joe right. Montana was 4-0 in Super Bowls. Oh, yeah. And Terry Bradshaw Please. was 4-0 in Super Bowls. You know what's way better than that? Being 4-1 in Super Bowls. Being 7-3 in Super right. Bowls. Getting there and losing is better than not getting there at all. Agreed. So even if he loses this 100%. game, it goes down as another one on the, on the, on the ledger. Don't listen to the idiocy Agreed. of people who will say, oh, well, that ho- you hold that against him. Well, then what you're doing is you're giving Joe Montana credit for 
losing an NFC championship game to Jeff Hostetler and the Giants. That's right. And you're giving these quarterbacks credit for games they lost before the Super Bowl. So getting to this point, you can remember all of Patrick Mahomes' playoff losses. He lost one to Joe Burrow in overtime at home. Yep. He lost one to Tom Brady at home okay. when one of his best defensive players jumped off sides. And he lost a Super Bowl where he basically was playing by himself. But that's okay. Those things happen. Brady lost big games, too. Absolutely. But you remember them? They're always there. That goes on the positive side of the ledger, no matter what happens on Sunday. Go ahead, Marcus. One last thing, because I think it goes back to what Mike T said about how they're over the hump. You know what happens with guys like Patrick Mahomes, and we saw it happen with Tom Brady. It becomes destination football for really good players who are looking for a championship, too. So this is going to continue. They've drafted well. They've they they got a lot of young players on that defensive side of the football that are playing very well. So give this organization credit credit for supporting Pat and supporting everybody else around him. But now this is going we are getting into the era of when Randy Moss wanted to go play with Tom Brady and when Chad Ochocinco wanted to go play with Tom Brady, when defensive guys wanted to go to New England because it was almost a for sure bet that you would at least be in the AFC Championship with an opportunity to win a championship. When it gets to that point and we start seeing these receivers who are on the back end that still got a little good, some good stuff in them and we see these defenders that have been trying to get after it, this is going to become a destination place because yep. of that quarterback. So we could be sitting here 13 years from now if he goes yep. till he's 45 saying, this man won eight, nine championships. Yeah. I, again, he's only 28 right now. One last thing I want to point out. Did you notice that when Jeff was identifying Don't the inner circle, of the, he only brought up Larry Allen? Like, not to take anything <laughs> no. away from Larry Allen. You, <laughs> you named an offensive lineman? Well, I mean, the other, guy, you came the up other with? guy I was going to name is, is I know it first Taylor, hand, and that's going to be two. And then, you know, one's a Carolina guy, one's an O-lineman. Let's be real. They should have a separate room. <laughs> I understand that. No, right. I'm just saying. So, I mean, you didn't think, not Johnny Unitas, no. not Joe Montana. No. Not, no it's just Larry Allen. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. As we can real is real. Jeff and I are we're having a day. We're having a moment. And I think it began in our pre-show meeting when we had a significant disagreement about that player. And you'll hear what it was and why as we continue in a moment. Plus, will there be a bidding war for Caleb Williams? Should the commanders put in all their chips to go get him? Mike T will tell you why it shouldn't make any difference. Next. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. 
Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Back on Get Up, our next game is called More or Less. Swagoo, Patrick Mahomes, will he have more or less than two and a half passing touchdowns? Oh, we just wax poetic. I'm going to go less. I think this is a, a good Pacheco game as well. Look, we know San Francisco has struggled against the run. I think Pat makes big plays. Maybe they don't get in the end zone. They get into the red area, and they are able to run the football in. That was my logic in thinking about this. But knowing Patrick Mahomes... He'll have four passing mm. touchdowns. <laughs> I'm going to we'll go less. We'll go less. Mike T. Let's talk about Travis Kelsey. More or less six and a half catches. Kree, I'm going to go less for exactly the same reason as Swagoo. I think Andy Reid's going to rip their heart out with the run, and he's never going to look back until San Francisco proves they can stop it, which I don't think they can. This could be like a 38-minute time of possession, and Kelsey may be productive in the red zone, but I don't think this is a high-scoring game, and I think it's a ball possession game. And then, Jeff, yours is our DraftKings Sportsbook Prediction, brought to you by DraftKings. Brock Purdy, more or less, 243-and-a-half passing yards. I'm going to go over here. I think, listen, and I said this before, I think McCaffrey has a huge day catching the ball. I think he gets close to 100 yards. Going to Listen, Purdy is going to have to be efficient, but he's going to have to be explosive. He's going to have to push the ball down the field at some point, take a risk, have one of those receivers have a big play. So I'm going to go just over 243. But I think he has to get it if they're going to win this game. All right, we'll keep a close eye on, on all these numbers as we go and all the prop bets and everything else. All is interesting. But I'm more interested today in, in legacy and in big Ooh, picture conversation. Wee. And so that's why I wanted to come to you on this. We talked about how the Chiefs may be set up nicely for success. Their window feels wide open based on their salary cap situation. You were telling me this morning the 49ers might be in just the opposite position. That's exactly right. You know, Green, we could sit here and argue what's Brock Purdy worth? 35, 40, 45 million. It's substantially more than a million dollars a year. A year from now, that's the bill they have to pay. So therefore, when you look at the way they're constructed, a guy like Brandon Ayuk, he will graduate in a year. And then when you saw what they've done, go trade for Christian McCaffrey a year ago. Go trade for Chase Young. Those days are over. They're going to have to win with a lot more younger players. And I think what we saw in the championship game, Detroit is this, San Francisco's here. And I think it's easy to see in a year, Greeny, because of Brock Purdy's contract, their window is getting small. Of course, there is the alternative to that. And that is, to use a term you use all the time, letting a player graduate from your program. We had the question earlier this week about whether Brock Purdy's success could potentially change the way teams approach the draft. You have a couple of different ways of doing things. One of them is you take a quarterback, and if he winds up being Joe Burrow or, or, or Patrick Mahomes, well, then there's nothing to talk about. But if you wind up drafting a good player, 
Do you wind up wanting to give that guy $50 million just because that's the going rate for quarterbacks these days? Or do you, to use Mike ter Mike's term, let him graduate, take another one, and live your life with quarterbacks who make significantly less money and put huge rosters around them? I think it's very difficult to win that way once you find a guy. So, like, when you say you find a guy, I think Mike, Sh I mean, I think uh, Kyle Shanahan has found his guy in Brock Purdy. I really do. I think when you talk about guys who are like, well, is he clutch? Well, Shanahan's great offense has never – they were over when they were down, you know, seven or more in the fourth quarter. They were over with these type of, of, of halftime deficits. Guess what? Purdy brought him back. The only – Himbo and I look at this. The only offense in Kyle Shanahan's career that gets close to the offense of this year is Matt Ryan. Ryan's MVP year. Right. All right. That is a massive. So when you talk about anybody can run this offense, if you compare his second year to Joe Burrow's second year. I understand. Year, and he's he's got them to the Super Bowl. He got them to the championship game, gets hurt. Then he gets them to the Super Bowl, and he makes it happen. Look at the screen right here between those two guys in comparison. I understand One is that. what? The first pick in the draft. Right. And one is the, the last pick in Mr. the draft. Mr. Irrelevant. So, but, 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 but if but, he looked like Burrow, mm -hmm. if he was drafted somewhere near Burrow, if he was if he was 28 in the in, in, uh, of the first round, you guys would be lauding this dude talking about he's an MVP, <laughs> his future is so bright you got to wear shades all the nonsense that I hear sitting at this desk about potential and all that all the dude has done was produce but we act like production falls in Shanahan's offense and 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 what I would say is Burrow walked in with three great receivers Patrick Mahomes walked into Andy Reid and a playoff team, but we don't we don't put any of that. Dak Prescott walked into a great run game, and but we're gonna say, oh, because he walked into Shanahan, no, no. this this dude is garbage and doesn't deserve his money. First off, I, I don't get it. I would never make a reference to a song that old. Second of all, <laughs> uh, and, and of more significance, this team. I'm not saying they were as good, but we saw Jimmy Garoppolo, who at this point is pretty close to not being in the league. Take this team to an NFC championship game and a Super Bowl, and they were right there to win it in the fourth quarter. Okay. I'm not saying Brock Purdy isn't better. I'm okay. saying this team is good enough with lesser quarterback play to be that level of good. Marcus, go. Gee, I don't understand why this is so hard for Jeff Saturday and the Brock Purdy fan club to understand. Mm -hmm. There is no situation that you can tell us about another quarterback that's going to be comparable, Jeff. The Cincinnati Bengals, nobody went to the games before Joe Burrow showed up, bro. Like, nobody nobody thought that team would be anything. When we start talking about Brock Purdy, it's not, to me, this is for me, Marcus Spears, it's not about his individual talent. The dude is proven that he can play at a high level. I'm going to say this, and I'm, I'm, I hope I don't have to say it anymore, but I will if we get to this point in the conversation. He, the detriment to Brock Purdy is the system and the situation he's in more than people talking about it. And it's the reason of what Greeny just said. It's what, it, bro, we've seen this team in these situations. We've seen it. I, I, I was talking about it. I was like, people were like, well, what does he have to do? Nothing from an individual standpoint. He's already proven that he's been better, a better option than the guys we've seen in the previous iteration of this offense. But he also, he also is a, it, it's, it's not a negative, but he's a victim of what the San Francisco success has been. When we try to have this conversation about where this team is and the heights that they've been to, 
The only thing, Jeff, and this is reality. This is not my speculation about who Brock Purdy is or what he can do. The only difference that Brock Purdy can delineate itself from is winning a Super Bowl. Yeah. Because we've watched the San Francisco 49ers do this without it's, him before he showed up. I'm up against the clock. We, we, th that sound you hear is Lewis Riddick pulling out his – well, he doesn't have hair, but he would be pulling out his hair. <laughs> yeah. He is strongly on your side, For Jeff, sure. and that is fair. Meanwhile, I'm up against the clock. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official – Sports betting partner of the NFL and for Super Bowl 58, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the app and use the code GETUP when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Coming up the conversation, can Caleb command his way to the commanders? Our general manager is going to say, not so fast, my young friend. Don't miss that discussion and don't miss this. Sneaky Hembo for Saturday. Jeff, you should get this. Mm. Who caught the most passes from Peyton Manning in his four Super Bowl games? Ooh. The answer is next. Uh, four games. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, we are back. Here we go. Jeff, I mean, I, I, I feel like Peyton is probably watching right now. You should get this. Who caught the most passes from your guy, Peyton Manning, oh. in his four Super Bowl games? I hate these questions. All right, I'm going to go. I... I, I I'm going to lean towards, I'm going to say Demarius Thomas. He played in, he played in two of them with them. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go Thomas and see where, see where he, he's going to give me some tight end that's just going to interfere. No, he's not going to give you a tight end. Who is it? Demarius Thomas is my answer. You said his name in our meeting this morning. Oh my God. You said in our meeting this morning. He led the all of his completions it, were to Jason, to Joseph Adai. That's so true. You said 100% right. How many did he have? 17? Y'all, he lit it up in the Super Bowl. We beat the Bears. It was let the record show. Too. Uh, can I just explain to everyone the context? Hey, Peyton, if you're watching, Jeff was explaining in our meeting this morning how the Super Bowl that they won against the Bears was all the offensive line, oh, for and sure. it was all the running game, and that all of Peyton's convert uh, completions were to Joseph Adai, and then he's the answer to the question. I know it stings. It's sneaky. He's sneaky. He's sneaky. We did rush for 193, and Adai caught it for 66 and led to. So that's that's where it is. He rushed for 191, but okay. Let's Quibble over two yards. And by the way, Peyton, he does not think you should have been the MVP. 
<laughs> Jeff Saturday made it clear. You, the offensive line, oh, line. the MVP of that game. Okay, next up, where is it? Get me Marcus Spears. Swagoo, let's do a, a different game of Swagoo says. Instead of hearing what other people say, I want to hear what Swagoo has to say. Marcus, should the Bills like trade Stefan Diggs? What does Swagoo say? Yes, they should, G. Look, I, I think Steph, well, first we saw his production go down after Joe Brady took over. Now, some people will say, well, it's because you got to get acclimated to the offense and you got to figure it out how you're going in the next year. I think this run is course, man. I think Stephon wants to try to probably go find some greener pastures, figure out how to become the number one guy in a different offense and potentially have some warm weather to play in. Stephon Diggs is first. Next up, where will Saquon Barkley play next season? What does Swagoo say? I believe it'll be the Giants, G, but I don't like it. I would love it to be Houston, okay? But I believe the New York Giants have no choice. They are still in this quarterback conundrum. I don't know if they have 100% confidence in Daniel Jones, even though he's going to be coming back off of an injury. But if I'm Brian Dayball and I'm this organization, the one shining piece of this offense has been Saquon Barkley over the last two years, and I don't think they can afford to lose him, especially not knowing if your quarterback can play at the level in which you think you can win a championship or have a chance to get into the playoff. I agree completely. And then let's stay in that NFC East. Should the commanders go all in on Caleb Williams? What does Swagoo say? Can I get a hell yeah? <laughs> hell yeah. Based on everything everybody's been talking about, how good he was at USC. I saw him. He's electric from that area, as you talked about, G. But also, we know what this league is about. This league is about quarterbacks and, and who can play at a very high level and change games. And Caleb Williams has shown that he can do that. I know there are the turnover and, and stuff like that, but you had, this wasn't the USC of old where you have all this talent littered around Caleb Williams. He was phenomenal. He's a Heisman Trophy winner. He brings a lot of cachet. And the one thing that new ownership wants to do when they buy a new franchise is make sure that those seats in that stadium are packed. And they mm -hmm. want to make sure that the guy that is the signal caller is electric and people will pay to come see him and wait in line and buy suites and tickets. So, yes, Josh Harris and his group should go all in on getting Caleb Williams to the Washington Commanders. And he brings a home crowd to the games. That's exactly, I, I will add that to the mix. He went to high school in Washington, D.C. He was a legendary high school player there. And... Cliff Kingsbury, who was his quarterback's coach at USC, is now the offensive coordinator in Washington. All those things added up to Lewis Riddick here yesterday saying exactly that. The commanders need to go all in. The right conclusion for Washington is do what you got to do to get this guy on your football team because nobody in your organization, and I mean nobody, knows Caleb like Cliff Kingsbury does. So you don't have to call Lincoln. You don't have to call anybody. Just ask the guy who's now in your building. And if he gives him the stamp of approval then you move heaven and earth to try and get in position to draft him because you ain't going nowhere with the people you got. Okay, so that was Lewis yesterday. I've been waiting all week to get Mike T in here. And I know, Mike, you've been watching the show this week and there are some things you think that we have wrong. And I think this is an important part of the conversation. Caleb Williams, the first superstar college player of the NIL era. So he's making a significant amount of money. I have perceived him then to have leverage that previous players have not. 
You disagree. Yes, for a number of reasons. So first of all, let's take this whole option of going back to college. Once you petition for eligibility, never in the history of the NFL have you been able to regain it. So that's off the table. Secondly, he's making good money for NIL, which is great. Well-deserved, all for it. However, guys, if the four of us representing Caleb Williams, our first, second, and third job would be get the clock running. We want to get to that $60 million extension ASAP, and every day you miss a game, you're taking time away from that. So while you can make a couple million dollars here or there, it's nothing like a veteran extension. So you're going to play this year. And then lastly, he's a really good player. I absolutely think he's the first pick of the draft. But he's been sacked 83 times. Mm. So there are parts of his game that need to be cleaned up. If the Bears say, hey, we want Caleb Williams Greeny, if I'm Ryan Poles, the GM of the Bears, I'm calling him up and say, Caleb, you're a Bear. You can move here in April, start learning the offense. May, June, July, you can wait to Halloween. But you're a Chicago Bear. Find real estate because this is where your future is. So, so to be clear, the Bears, in your view, if you were the general manager, you would just you would try everything you could to make him happy about it. But at the end of the day, you're not trading him just because you're not trading that pick just because he suggests he'd rather be in Washington. When I see the commanders calling, I don't even answer. You don't I, even answer the I don't even take the, the call. Caleb Williams, our future. And here's another reason why. Let's look at what happened last year. Bryce Young may turn out to be a good quarterback. I believe he will be. One of the reasons both their head coach and GM are fired, look what's going on with C.J. Stroud. If you're the Chicago Bears and you take Drake May or Jaden Daniels and Caleb Williams turns out to be a superstar, you'll never be able to run from that. So you have a chance to get a great player, or as Swagoo said, hell yeah, we're drafting him and we're not taking a call. So let me, let me just flip this conversation a little bit. There's so many pieces of it that are interesting. Because if I'm representing Caleb Williams, yes, I want him to get to that $60 million. But it is less important to get there quickly than it is to get there at all. So you know who's going to get there? Brock Purdy. Even though he was the seventh, uh, seventh round pick because he wound up in a great situation. You know who's not going to get there? Justin Fields and Mitchell Trubisky and Zach Wilson and Sam Darnold and all these guys who were drafted into franchises where the situations were awful, where they... Candidly, they have no idea how to develop a quarterback, and that would be a big concern for me. Now, I'm not saying that Washington is the be-all, end-all, but they have a head coach who at least isn't a lame duck, and he has yep. taken a team to a Super Bowl, and the offensive coordinator was my guy in Washington, and there's a whole new ownership group there. So whatever leverage it is I think I could apply, I might have some interest Absolutely. in doing yeah, that. Yeah, your concerns are valid, right? When you look at the last right, two situations in Chicago, and you can go back even further, but go to Trubisky uh, and go to Fields and lame duck coaches, you know, a quarterback's not getting picked up, all those kinds of things happen you would be very, it'd be very valid to have those concerns. Now, your, your issue is, do you feel like Chicago really is going to go all in with you? Right, they bring Waldron over. They're going to have a different concept. Can you do that? But the fear is, Eberflus gets fired, Waldron's out the door, as opposed to Dan Quinn, Kingsbury, the longevity of how long they'll be there. I, I think both arguments stand. You know. Which is literally exactly what happened in the cases of both Trubisky and Justin Fields. L let me ask you this question, Mike, because you know this process. And, and Marcus, I'll come right to you. When you're a, a, a draftee like he is, who do you get to talk to? I guess what I'm saying is, if I ask the question of Ryan Poles, hey, if we get off to a bad start next year, look, I'm a rookie. We may have some growing pains, whatever they are. 
Is my coach going to get fired? Like, like yep. he, what, 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 who does he get to ask that question to, and what are the answers? Yeah, because he has the platform of being the first pick overall. He's going to come in with his family, his agent, and candidly, like, when I've been in those situations, I want them to all come in and be absolutely transparent. I want him to meet the owner. I want him to meet the GM and the coaching staff. And you're going to be part of this organization for a long time, and we believe in Shane Waldron and Matt Eberflus. But understand this, you are the franchise. You're the most important piece, so... I want you to get to know the people that are the real stakeholders. So I am going to have the Hallis family as part of that conversation. As a GM, you're the one that's orchestrating it. And you want to make sure, Greeny, to your point, yeah. who's really, like, is it the agent that's in the ear? Is it the father? Who is it? And to make sure, like, you want alignment because he's coming in the building and you want to make sure that he's going to be there for a long time. Marcus. I, listen, I, you you have to do all of that due diligence, and I understand with Mike T, but I go back to the Washington Commanders. When I tell you there would have to be a million no's about getting that potential first-round pick to get Caleb Williams before I decide. I'm talking about in the 11th hour. I'm going to call them right before the pick got to go in mm -hmm. for my last call and see yeah. what we can do in order to try to get him there. And listen, man, we're like, we don't have to be – we don't, we, don't, we don't have to, like, live in this world of, well, let's wait and see. That, that ain't no damn speculation. They just hired the man quarterback coach. Mm -hmm. You know Washington wants Caleb Williams. Like, let's not fool ourselves about what this actually is. And I get that Chicago has that position of power. But I'm going to find out what they're willing to walk away from in order to not draft Caleb Williams and let us get up to that spot if you think that this is generational. There is more to me get the winning and I get Ryan Poles and I understand what Mike T is saying. There is more incentive to me for the Washington Commanders to probably do more for this first pick than they've done maybe in the history of their franchise. Yeah. When you start talking about the league today and where we are with quarterbacks and how much they affect not only the narrative of your organization when it comes to what you're trying to do and actually win, but also the winning that goes on on the field. Look, I mean, the, the, the analogy I would make to it, when the Jets hired Nathaniel Hackett, they said, oh, this is not because of Aaron Rodgers. This is because we believe in him. Come on. Yeah, right. And, and so now they've hired Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> yeah, right. Come on. They, right. They've hired Cliff Kingsbury because they want to make themselves as attractive to Caleb Williams as they possibly can. But you got to be careful, though, Greg, because Washington isn't in the driver's seat. They're at number two. Oh, I get and, it. And Ryan Poles did a great yeah. job last year. He went from one, you know, down to nine, whatever it was. And, like, to me, like, he's not beholden to go to two. He could go to New England at three. Uh, no, and, and then the other question becomes just how close Mike Drake may be to Caleb Williams. Right. There's a lot to be sorted out here, and it's getting sorted out as we speak. In the meantime, as we continue, Mahomes and Purdy, those are easy MVP choices. Who are some unlikely MVP picks? I will give you the five unlikeliest MVPs ever, and we'll make some picks for this year as well. Next, get up on ESPN. group that's been through a lot. I will be back here. It hardens you. Teams like this don't always come around. We find you very relevant. We find you are going to be Mr. Irrelevant. The Niners are going to Vegas! 
baby, we go to Las Vegas. You can doubt the Chiefs. You can disrespect the Chiefs. You're going to have to deal with the Chiefs. Touchdown, San Francisco. Today is all up so high. We the champ. How bad do you want it? Like I've been saying, we ain't done yet. All the fun on Sunday, and someone will be the MVP. Today's green list is the top five unlikeliest MVPs in Super Bowl history. Let's go through the list. At number five, Dexter Jackson on a Tampa Bay defense that featured Hall of Famers Derek Brooks and Warren Sapp and John Lynch and Rondé Barber. It was the little-known safety who intercepted two passes and became the first safety to win the MVP of the Super Bowl in 30 years. Dexter Jackson, number five, on the green list of unlikeliest MVPs. Number four, Chuck Howley, who became the first non-quarterback to win the award and who remains the only player to be MVP from a losing team. Howley had two interceptions and fumbled in Super Bowl V. By the way, he said he didn't care about the honor because his team lost but he accepted it because it came with a station wagon, which he gave to his wife. That's a true story. He's at number four. Number three, Malcolm Smith. When you think about the Seahawks, that tamp, that title team, you think about the Legion of Boom, Boom, you think about Richmond and those guys, but it was this linebacker who wrecked Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl. He had 10 tackles, a pass deflection, a fumble recovery, and a pick six in the Seahawks' demolition of Denver. At number two, Larry Brown, he was a 12th, 12th round pick. He played for one of the most star-studded Super Bowl teams that we've ever seen. But it was not Emmett or Troy or Michael who won MVP, MVP of Super Bowl third. It was the 5'11 corner who had two second-half interceptions to hold off a Steeler comeback. And then at number one, I'm putting Nick Foles. Consider that in Super Bowl 52, Tom Brady threw for 505 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. His team did not punt, and Nick Foles beat him. Foles had been on the Eagles, the Rams, and the Chiefs, and back to the Eagles again by that time to back up Carson Wentz. He didn't become the starter until week 15, and in the end, he won the biggest prize of them all against the greatest player of all time. In that regard, he is the least likely of all the Super Bowl MVPs. Get my guys in here and let's react to that list, although candidly, I can't see that there could be any disagreement whatsoever. The list is voted on exclusively by me, the one whose genius will not be fully appreciated <laughs> until long after my time. There's nothing on that you disagree with, there, is there, Jeff? There's really not. This is honestly your best list by far. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that you did. I think Himbo may have given you a list today because it's this is uh, abnormal for you to have this type of this is a solid list by you. It's, it's well done. And so credit. what I thought we could do for some fun with this is that we could each pick our own very unlikely oh. Super Bowl MVP this year. So let me show you some of the odds, okay? So we all know that the, who the, the favorites are to win this thing, right? We all know Patrick Mahomes, Brock Purdy, and all the rest of that. Christian McCaffrey has the shortest odds among all the skill position players. The Pachecos of the world are out there and all the rest of that. So give me a player who you think is unlikely, an unlikely hero who we could wind up putting on this list I, next I, week. I was going to go Pacheco just because you're playing with Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't matter what happens. If they win, he's going to be the MVP. So I was going to say, oh, Pacheco. But, but I'll go a step further. I will give you, I will give you Chris Jeez. Jones. 
the, the defensive lineman for the Chiefs. Let, let's say he does something crazy, gets like three sacks on Purdy, just mm-hmm. wreaks havoc on the inside. Yep. That's, a, that's a larger stretch than even Pacheco. So I'll, I'll stretch it from Pacheco all the way to Chris Jones. Pacheco is 30-1, to who as we originally talked about, Chris Jones would be an interesting one. Mike Tannenbaum, give me an unlikely MVP. Well, we talked earlier about Colton McKivitz really starting the Ooh. right tackle of the 49ers, giving up 13 sacks already. So we're going to go with the guy lined up maybe uh, – depending on how they align themselves. George Karloftis, very productive pass rusher. Chris Jones will get the doubles, and this guy's a relentless player, may cause a fumble or two, so I I like Kansas City Mm. having the lead in the fourth quarter. Set this guy free. Uh, Marcus, talk to me about McDuffie. Yeah, I like like this. Uh, First of all, Trent McDuffie is a phenomenal football player, but we've seen Brock Purdy early in games. get kind of bailed out by guys dropping interceptions. I think McDuffie mm-hmm. is going to be around as Spags also likes to use him in the blitz as well. So he'll have some opportunities to get after Brock Purdy and maybe cause a fumble or force a fumble. I think he's one of the – look, I, we talking about MVP odds, long shot. I think he could be one of the unsung heroes of this game uh, in, a, in a real way. Got to tackle Debo and Christian McCaffrey – Get your hands on the football and try to take it away. And when they bring him in pressure, he could try to create some havoc as well. He'll have his opportunity. Right now on ESPN Bet, he's 250 to 1. But my pick is 500 to 1, which is the longest odds that they're offering on anyone. So it is literally the longest long shot you can pick. And that is my favorite player on that Kansas City defense, and that's Nick Bolton. The undersized linebacker, he just hits everything. Before the game even starts, he's hitting people. And he doesn't stop hitting people (laughs) until long after the game is over. Nick Bolton is a guy who I could see being in the middle of all of this. They want to run the ball. Good luck, Mr. McCaffrey, running the ball on that guy. Great. What's interesting about, too, like all those shallow crosses, the Debo Sam, Samuels, like Willie Gay and Nick Bolt will have a big say in the outcome of this game. That's an interesting call. Little poet, what about Ward? What if Ward, flip it over to another team? But what about Ward has a big day and sets it off of this? This, this should be fun. Yeah. We could have we could have some fun there. Every one of us picked a chief because every one of us thinks they're going to win. In the meantime, on a way back Wednesday, let's not say not anymore. Happy <laughs> or not so happy anniversary to Jeff Saturday. It was this day in 2010. Oh, bro. Are you serious right now? You are dead to me, Greeny. Dead, bro. We were were teetering the teeters. I snipped it, bro. We are done. That's it for us, bro. The anniversary of your losing. Anniversary? That's not an anniversary, bro. That's not an anniversary. If I were a saint, that would be an anniversary. It happened happened on that day. Uh, (laughs) And on this day. Well, so then, but you did win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Super Bowl 41. That's an anniversary. That's what you celebrate. Give us your favorite memory from the Super Bowl that you won. Oh, running that rock on that Chicago defense. How many Briggs, yards did you have? Like, or 191. <laughs> look at this right here. Look at that die. I mean, look at, I mean, Tannenbaum could have walked in there. Greeny, you could have walked through some of those. We, we, we absolutely put it on these guys. It was, look at there. We just, I mean, Jeff, any pancakes? any pancakes for that? Oh, game? many a pancake. Many a pancake. Let me this ask was, you a question. This is a great, this is a great game offensive line-wise. Let me ask you a question. So your team ran for 191 yards in that game. Yeah. You think the offensive line dominated. Who was the MVP? Peyton Manning. <laughs> What do you think? <laughs> Who do you, I mean, it would be Patrick Mahomes. What, what do you think, Swaggo? It was done before wins. the game. Yeah. It was done before the <laughs> Thank game. Thank you. Coach Thank Wynn getting paid be- in the MVP. And not because two of the for station three wagon. For 12 they can yards. station wagons now. <laughs> two for three for 12 yards, no touchdowns. He would have right. got the MVP. <laughs> That's right. We will see. All right, the fun continues with first take there. Coming up next, what's a better story? Andy winning his third or Kyle Shanahan winning his first? And which teammate will be most important to Brock Purdy on Sunday? First take, Stephen A., Mad Dog. Chris Russo. 
Marcus, Jeff, and more. Top of the hour. Our next ESPN NHL matchup tomorrow night, 8 Eastern. Nikita Kucherov and the Lightning taking on Patrick Waugh's Islanders. That's tomorrow night on ESPN. Uh, before we run, Jeff Saturday, special shout-out. Yeah, Vinny, well, one of the security guards here who is a great friend to all of us. His son, Patrick, was involved in a, uh, a car accident. He got hit by a car. He was actually a pedestrian, so in the hospital. Hey, Patrick, thoughts and prayers, will you, bro? We love you. We're pulling for you. Vinny, you as well, so we're all pulling for you big way. Well said. Yeah, Vinny's been here with us since the very beginning. Our best to him and the entire family. Yep. Good fun to be had today. We're heading over to ESPN Radio next. First take starts now.